The suspect in the deadly hit-and-run in London, Ontario, is now facing four charges of first-degree murder, one charge of attempted murder. And police in London say they do believe they have information to tell them this incident was premeditated, it was planned, and it was targeted. The victims were run down because they were Muslim. Prime Minister has said this was an act of terrorism. This morning he's talking about indications there may have been some online radicalization involved. No details on that yet. So there's a lot of discussion about bringing terrorism charges against the 20-year-old charged in this case. At this point, as we say, the murder charges have been filed. We're going to chat now with Dr. Stephanie Carvin, who is an assistant professor of international relations at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. She's done a lot of research in the areas of international law, security, terrorism, and technology. Doctor, thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me on. So we have these charges of murder laid. Those ones are rather obvious, but there's a lot of talk around terrorism. Now, terrorism charges can be laid down the road, right? They don't have to be done at the initial charging stage. Yes, absolutely. So uh, very recently, it's a little, little under the radar, but there was an attack of an individual. He tried to stab someone to death in Sudbury, Ontario in uh, 2019. Uh, And then later on, they realized that this was an individual who was actually motivated by the incel or the involuntary celibate ideology. Mm -hmm. And they brought terrorism charges against that person in January of 2020. So yeah, it can come later to come a couple months later. Okay. Um, There is a threshold though, right? I mean, to take it from... uh garden variety murder charge up to a terrorism charge there is something what is the consideration before laying that charge right it it, it is a little bit tricky so the terrorism charge comes from legislation that was established in 2001 after the uh, 9-11 attacks and it had a very specific understanding of terrorism in mind so that being said the understanding of terrorism in our legislation comes under section 8301 and it states that an individual who does an act that is in whole or in part, right, so it doesn't have to be entirely terrorism motivated, it just has to be partially motivated, for a political, ideological, or religious reason, um, and it does so with a view of intimidating the public. So those are the three criteria that a charge has to meet. And then um, if it's assessed that this is, in fact, what has happened, a charge may be brought against an individual. Okay, so uh, there's a lot of work to be done yet. I mean, you really have to show some evidence of, like you say, larger than just an individual act. Right, exactly. So the challenge is, so a lot of the question is in this case, will terrorism charges be brought? And we don't know a lot about this individual yet that's publicly known. Uh, I'm assuming that the prime minister and various federal authorities have been briefed on this matter. This individual may have made statements when he was arrested. He also may have, um, you know, uh, the the interesting thing is here, there's absolutely nothing about him online. And, you know, one of the first things that terrorism researchers look for is, okay, what, you know, does this individual have an online presence, a Facebook account, anything like this that would give us a hint as to what could have motivated this attack. We don't know yet, so um, they could be doing some forensic research, working with social media companies to determine if this individual um, espoused certain views. And so that evidence we haven't seen yet. The challenge is, um, and and there's a reason why I mentioned the fact that um, 
this, you know, our terrorism legislation was written in 2001. And that is that a lot of the terrorism charges come from individuals before they've actually successfully conducted an attack, right? We call that, I mean, it's a little, it's a little bold here, but we call that in kind of the, the terrorism parlance left of boom. So in other words, the attack hasn't happened yet. Right. And so what, what will happen in these cases that an individual is disrupted, he may be charged or she may be charged with attempted murder or some other charge. And then on top of that, to kind of aggregate the, you know, to augment the sentencing or the, the, the level of criminality, the that person then um, will be given a terrorism charge to make those offenses larger. Once an attack has happened, the most serious charge that we can lay against a person in the Canadian Criminal Code is murder. It comes with a 25-year sentence. And, um, you know, the Harper government introduced legislation that actually change the way that, you know, we can bring those sentences that, you know, it's not just 25 years consecutive. Um, you can actually stack the sentences. So oh, a good okay. example in New, yeah, so in New Brunswick, for example, an individual who, you know, wasn't charged with terrorism offenses, but was clearly motivated by kind of anti-government extremism. Um, he killed three police officers, three RCMP officers. He was actually given a 75-year sentence. Uh, right. So three, three deaths, three stacked murder charges. It's the longest uh, penalty for murder in Canadian history. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So the problem is, is that like you can bring a terrorism charge after someone has conducted an offense. But the issue is it doesn't actually do much. It just kind of creates a burden of work for the prosecution. And. So there's a kind of legal rationale not to lay the charge after the fact. So another good example is Alec Manassian, who did the, uh, right. you know, the Toronto van attack. He was never charged officially with terrorism, you know, with, with terrorism. But at that time, he'd already killed 10 people. He's, he's, we don't know what his sentence is going to be yet, but it could be very, very considerable. Um, you know, it could be, technically it could be up to, um, uh, 250 years because he killed 10 mm, people, yeah. uh, plus tried to kill a lot more. He um, was was not charged with terrorism, but at that time, Toronto officials were already dealing with what was then the Canada's largest ever crime scene. And so to actually do that extra work to prove the terrorism charge would have been just, it really wouldn't have done much for sentencing. So that's the legal rationale. But what we're seeing now from the community, particularly the Muslim community, very understandably, is they're saying, well, why is it other oh, terrorism charges are only brought against people who are Muslim and not against people who are motivated by other ideologies, particularly white men? And so the issue now is that this terrorism charge has taken on this symbolic quality, this, you know, this you know, it signifies something. Yes. And so we're seeing pressure for these charges to be laid in this case. And, you know, we're, we're hearing that, and I, I hear from listeners every time we discuss this incident, well, what happened with the guy in Edmonton? Same thing, took the U-Haul truck, drove it down the sidewalk, the, the whole thing, the similarities are obvious. Terrorism charges were never laid in that case, though. Yeah, because he'd already tried to murder uh, quite a number of, uh, a large number of people. So I think that was probably the reason why. It's like, yeah, and, and I mean, in that particular case, I, I think the, you know, just going back, the evidence wasn't particularly clear. I mean, this is someone who, you know, uh, as far as his ideology is publicly known, he just kind of put an Islamic State flag on his van and, and then tried to drive over people. Is that enough to prove a terrorism charge? It, it's not clear. And the fact that you had already run so you know tried to kill ambitiously yeah. people with a van you know you, you already have this individual on murder charges do you actually want to then 
do that extra work and try to prove the, the terrorism charge and, and, and go ahead. And in this case, uh, the Edmonton police decided, no, that's, that's you know, we, there's enough here. Um, so what can then happen? Uh, it's not to say, but, you know, at the same time, I want to be clear, it's not a black and white thing. You know, you can, a, a judge can say, well, look, there's clear evidence here that, you know, even though there's no terrorism charge, there may have been a terrorism motive. And they can, that can impact the way they then sentence people, right? So you can say, you know, maybe the terrorism charges aren't being brought forth, but you are clearly someone who was motivated by something, and that's going to, you know, impact the sentencing. And we saw that uh, earlier this year, I believe, with the individual who tried to, um, uh, you know, attack Rito Hall uh, last Canada Day. He pled guilty, um, but the judge said, you know, there's clearly some motivation issues here going on, so that's going to impact my sentencing. So it's not entirely a black and white thing. You know, uh, just because there's no terrorism charge doesn't mean it doesn't factor into the calculus when it comes to sentencing. But I think for the Muslim community in particular, or other communities that, that are affected by by these crimes, they, they, they're a little, they're very aware of the fact that, you know, terrorism charges seem to be predominantly applied in, in some cases and not others. Interesting. Yeah, thank you so much for your time this morning, Doctor. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. You bet. That's Dr. Stephanie Carvin who is um, an assistant professor of international relations at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs, Carleton University. And, you know, I guess when you get into the legal weeds, there's a lot of considerations that are made. Um, The Prime Minister calling this a terrorist act. Terrorism charges have not been laid to this point. Will they be? I guess we have to wait and see exactly how it's going to play out. And we learn more about exactly what happened and what motivated this 20-year-old to uh, carry out that horrific act on Sunday.